0: Everybody out there in podcast land, it says Chris, the public safety guru, a.k.a. the EMT tutor, bringing you this exciting announcement. I have revamped memberships and you can now access exclusive content, which includes quizzes, practice tests, block exams, practice final exams, study guides and other resources for the low cost of $4.99 a month. And when you're done with your EMT program or taking the National Registry exam, you can cancel. Now, you can join from your favorite podcast app, but it's best if you do it from Spotify or our Patreon channel. If you join from your podcast app, all you need to do is send me an email to Guru at gmail.com letting me know that you signed up. But if you do it from Patreon, I get instant notification which grants you instant access to our Google Drive which has all of these resources including the ad-free version of this podcast. But wait, here is the most exciting part. When you subscribe, you get access to our all new Discord channel which allows you to have interaction with me where you can ask me specific questions as it relates to your EMT program or prepping for the National Registry exam. But let's just say you just have that question where you're not understanding something. Well, we can answer that question through Discord, and that's what I'm really excited about. And last, you can interact with this EMT community and help each other. All right, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at the EMT Tutor, and I almost forgot, if you're looking for us at Patreon, search for the EMT tutor. All right, let's get on with your learning. The knowledge domains for this chapter are one, identify the steps that help with wellness and managing stress. Number two, define infectious and communicable diseases. Number three, identify the routes of transmission. Number four, identify steps to prevent infections and communicable disease transmission. Number five, identify the standard precautions. Number six, identify the steps for personal protection from airborne and bloodborne pathogens. Number seven, identify proper handwashing. Number eight, how does one build immunities? Number nine, post-exposure management. Number ten, identify the steps to scene safety. Eleven, identify personal protective clothing. Twelve, caring for critically ill injured patients. Thirteen, the dying patient and the family grieving process, 14, identify the body's response to stress, 15, PTSD, what is it and how to prevent it, 16, the emotional aspects of EMS, 17, responding to behavioral emergencies, and last, workplace issues. Now for me, this lecture is usually death by PowerPoint. And the way it has been designed from the various different textbooks, the information is just repeated over and over again. And instead of doing that to you in this particular lecture, I'm going to break it down the way I break it down for my students in my classes. In regards to those knowledge domains that I just mentioned, the way I'm going to present the material, we will cover all of those knowledge domains, but we're going to do it in a format that should be easier for you to understand. If you listen to this lecture a few times you should be well prepared to take your test as well as any answer any questions that may be on national registry all right let's get to this now each emt class i teach i try to emphasize personal safety is always first if we cannot take care of ourselves then how can we care for others let's talk health and wellness of the emt an emt needs to understand this profession comes with a certain degree of physical and psychological stress which over time can be harmful to both the mind and body. Living a healthy lifestyle is imperative if the EMT is going to last in this profession. Wellness begins at home. An EMT needs to remain healthy by having a proper diet and exercise routine. Sleep and refraining from using alcohol, drugs and tobacco is imperative. Surrounding yourself with a good group of friends that you can talk to and confide in is paramount for your mental well-being as well as your physical. I always tell people keep the friends that you had before you became an EMT. Those will be the most important friends, the ones that you can actually talk to about the things that you see on the job. At work, an EMT needs to be aware of hazards in the field, as well as taking proper precautions to prevent bloodborne pathogens and the infectious disease process. Now let's talk workplace wellness. First, learn your craft. This is what my mentor used to tell me. This means an EMT you need to be. Number one, be prepared. Number two, remain vigilant and observant. Know when you're in over your head and request additional resources. Number three, take control of the scene. Someone needs to be in charge and four, care for your patient. If you were in my class, I would demonstrate how I approach my patients. First, be confident. If you lack confidence, your patient, patient's family, and bystanders will see it. Always approach an incident calmly, which not only calms others, but allows you to evaluate the scene better to ensure you and your partner are safe. Let's talk stress management. Stress can not only take a physical toll on your body, but your mind as well. Over time, stress will weaken the body and its immune system, deplete valuable nutrients, produce cortisol, cause sleep deprivation and make one irritable. Since no one person is the same, stress can cause other harmful effects to the body and mind. Understanding that this is happening to you can help you safeguard and protect yourself when you're working or at home. You can reduce stress on duty by taking these three steps in this order, personal safety, scene safety and patient care. There are other strategies of stress management that an EMT can incorporate into their daily activities, such as identify what stresses you out, and then minimize those stressors or eliminate them altogether. Unfortunately, in the EMS world, we work long hours, weekends, holidays, which is all considered shift work. But You should also try to stay away from as many abnormal shifts and overtime that you can. However, when you do start, you will be working what I consider the bad shifts. But as you gain seniority and have the ability to move on, you're definitely going to want to do so. Also, you're going to work with people that you just don't like. Try to minimize those contacts and if need be, ask to work with a different partner. You can also reduce some of your stress by just simply talking with family and friends. And if that doesn't help, you may want to seek professional counseling. You need to have a mixture of outside friends and EMS friends, because you just don't want to surround yourself with EMS friends where all you do is talk about work when you're off duty. You definitely need to get away from that. And some of the other things that you may do and find maybe a little hokey are exercise, meditation, yoga, or just do things that relax you. I will tell you this as we talk about nutrition. Working as an EMT and paramedic probably was the worst time for me in regards to my personal nutrition. My partner and I found ourselves not cooking healthy meals in the station, but always eating out. And this is one of the problems with working as an EMT. So you need to develop a strategy where you can find a way to balance having that opportunity to go out and get a hamburger but as well as not make that your primary meal each shift you're going to find yourself on street corners or other stations in standby mode away from your food that's in the refrigerator so you may once again develop strategies where you bring an ice chest and you have those go-to snacks so definitely want to incorporate this into your daily routine, because it's going to help you to reduce that stress. Also, learn about proper eating, such as staying away from sugars, fats, and salt. And you definitely don't wanna overeat when you're in those boredom states. Last on the wellness calendar is sleep. Sleep is your best friend. There are studies that show if you do not get eight hours of sleep every day, you're actually damaging your brain. See, during that eight hours, and it's said those last two hours, six hour, seven hour, and eight hour time, is when our synapses in our brain begin to regenerate. And if we're not giving our brain that, then we are only damaging our brain. So attempt to get as much interrupted sleep as possible. And once again, you're gonna wanna stay away from tobacco, alcohol, and caffeine. By the very nature of the job, being an EMT is going to be very stressful. So let's talk about what this job does to you or what it can do to you and how you're going to manage it. General Adaption Syndrome. In this theory, when someone is introduced to stress, three things can happen. Number one, first, alarm response to the stress. Number two, reaction or resistance to the stress and number three. Either you recover from the stress or you become exhausted from the stress. Physiological manifestations of stress can affect your body this way. Number one, increase respirations and heart rate. Number two, increase blood pressure. Number three, dilate venous vessels, which means that at the surface of your skin you will become pale and cool. Dilate pupils. Number five, tense muscles. Number six, increase blood glucose levels. And number seven, perspiration. And then eight, decrease blood flow flow to the gastrointestinal tract. Now, believe it or not, there's actually four stress reactions, and those are acute, delayed, cumulative, and PTSD. Let's break those down. Now, acute stress this is that stress right there in front of you. Maybe you're responding to a gunshot incident or your first traffic collision as an EMT. That is like that stress is just hitting you right now and you're reacting to it. Delayed stress is that stress that manifests after an event. So maybe you are on that traffic collision and you don't have really time to think about it. But after the call's over, it hits you and you think to yourself, wow, um, I could have got hurt, or wow, that was really dangerous. That's that stress that hits you thereafter. Then we have cumulative stress, which is that stress which is prolonged or excessive stress. So you're in the event for a prolonged period of time, or something's just going on, and that stress is just constant, constant, and there's no alleviation. And then last is what we have, the PTSD. PTSD is that stress that we just keep experiencing it it's prolonged stress and it causes us to re-experience certain events in our life and as you know this can cause a deep depression it's actually linked with suicide and this is one of the most important reasons why we definitely want to be able to manage stress what are some of the warning signs of cumulative stress well here's the list one irritability two lack of concentration three difficulty sleeping four increased sleeping 5 nightmares night terrors or sleep paralysis number 6 sadness anxiety guilt 7 loss of appetite 8 loss of interest in work sex etc isolation 9 number 10 increased use of alcohol 11 use of drugs 12 chronic headaches or just general body aches and 13 hopelessness we're going to switch gears now and talk about infectious and communicable diseases. An infectious disease is a disease caused by a harmful organism. A communicable disease is this is a disease that can be spread from one person to the other. The EMT needs to take precautions to prevent disease transmission, which includes being educated in how certain diseases are transmitted. Number one, diseases can be prevented by simple hand washing using proper personal protective equipment aka PPE and being immunized. As mentioned before, diseases are spread through transmission. Transmissions are one direct, which can be bloodborne pathogens, two indirect, a needle stick, three airborne, tuberculosis, four foodborne, hepatitis A, five vector borne, transmitted via fleas and mites. Most EMT programs will teach EMT students about the benefits of hand-washing, hand washing, as well as properly removing gloves. In fact, with this chapter, the associated skills an EMT student must demonstrate are 1 the proper removal of gloves and 2 know and understand the steps to disease and exposure transmission. Seeing safety is the first things all EMTs should be thinking about. This step includes your safety and the safety of your partner. Your safety consists of wearing and using your issued personal protective equipment. Some employers will supply goggles, gowns, and masks. Ensure you use this equipment as it was intended to protect you from infectious and communicable diseases. Also, don't forget the value of simple hand washing. OSHA has mandated that public safety employees have an infectious disease slash bloodborne pathogens program. Programs should include the following: one risk assessment and evaluation, two, education and training, three, immunization program, such as hepatitis B vaccine and TB testing, four, PPE issuance and training, five, exposure reporting, treating and post-management, and six, record keeping. When I was still in the field, I can tell you one of my biggest pet peeves was a dirty ambulance and gear. It is your responsibility to clean your equipment and ambulance after each call today most employers will require you to clean your rig and equipment using proper cleaning solutions and your ppe let's talk a little bit about scene safety as mentioned before scene safety is the first thing an emt should be thinking about as soon as a call for service comes in scene safety consists of these components at a minimum number one your safety is first, followed by the safety of your partner. Two, while responding, operate the ambulance with due regard and ensure you wear your seatbelt. Number three, while arriving at scene, park the ambulance in a safe place and, if needed, use it to protect yourself and the patient. And number four, if you're working in the street, make sure you're wearing proper reflective gear. While this next part may seem common sense. We got to think about scene hazards. When you arrive at the scene, you need to be using all of your senses. You need to be looking around. You need to be looking for fluids in the roadway. Is is that fluid a hazardous material, oil, gasoline? You need to be looking at the surroundings. Are there multiple patients down on the ground, which might indicate there's some type of gas in the area that's causing everyone to go unconscious? Is there electricity? Is there fire? What hazards are around? Are you doing a water rescue? There's so much going on when you arrive to the scene that you just have to be once again, looking around, listening, smelling. And if you see danger, take the proper precautions. Now, here's a funny factoid. When I first started in the field, we were not issued any type of personal protective gear. Working for a private ambulance company, the owners just, in my opinion, did not care about the employees. So we didn't have turnout jackets, brush jackets, nor helmets. Yet we were 911 paramedics. We were in banged up cars going over the side. Thankfully, a lot has changed today. Today, ambulance companies are issuing EMTs helmets. They're issuing them protective gear so when they're on the scene of a traffic collision, They don't get cut by some type of sharp metal or something to that effect. So with that, once again, much has changed today. You may even find yourself putting on a ballistic vest in this next part. You may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with workplace wellness? Well, most books will add this information to the chapter, hence the reason why it's on the podcast. We're going to be talking about care for critically ill and injured patients. All right, it is my personal opinion that the following should be applied to all patients, regardless of their critical status. One, always let the patient know what you are doing. Keep them up to date about your treatment. And this includes family that may be around the patient. Do not make unprofessional comments. Avoid sad, bad or grim comments. Remember, you need to reassure your patient If you don't reassure your patient, you could possibly make their condition worse. And then treat all patients with empathy, dignity, and provide them with the best medical care possible. Critically injured children should be treated no differently. Parents should know what you are doing, and if there is a chance of hope, this needs to be conveyed to the patient and family. Critical patients could have the following responses. 1. Anxiety 2. Pain 3. Fear. 4. Anger. 5. Depression. 6. Dependency. 7. Guilt. Now, unfortunately, you are going to have to deal with dying or dead children. This will be one of the toughest, hardest calls you will ever go on. Your job is to support the family. You need to be honest with the family and tell them that their child is dead. Avoid using jargon like they are gone because you'll see the family say, well, where did they go? So we need to just be direct with them, even though it is a very sad, traumatic event. Family will be in shock, denial. They may even be angry and hostile towards you. They may be wondering why you're not doing anything for their child, but you know that the child is obviously dead now there is no reason that you should not allow them to hold their child or i should say if there's not a reason allow them to hold a child now if you're holding down the crime scene that might be something different as mentioned before as an emt you will be faced with death and as such you should recognize the stages of grieving number one denial number two anger hostile number three bargaining number four depression And last, five, acceptance. As we come to an end of this podcast, one of the last things we need to talk about are workplace issues. Those include number one, avoiding sexual harassment, two, cultural diversity, three, substance abuse, four, suicide prevention, and five, injury and illness prevention. Many of these things you will learn on the job because your employer has an obligation to talk about these programs. Before I let you go, I want to remind you that Season 2 will have over 40-plus lectures. Additionally, there is exclusive content if you subscribe to this podcast on either Anchor FM or Spotify. You can find a link to this exclusive content in the description below. Exclusive content are study guides, quizzes, PowerPoints, and other resources. You can also find this information at thepublicsafetyguru.com. Because Season 2 is going to be so extensive, we are redeveloping the website and making it better and more exclusive. In a few short months, we will be providing one-on-one tutoring services for those EMT students that need a little bit more. Once again, I want to thank you for your continued support and listening to this podcast. I only ask that you share this podcast with other students in your course. As with Season 1, Season 2 will remain free to listen and download. Good luck with your EMT program and happy EMT. This is Chris, the Public Safety Guru.